It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. You know, I almost said good Friday morning to you. It's not Friday. It's Thursday. But for some folks, it may feel like Friday because of the holiday weekend. Uh, regardless of whether your weekend is starting today, tomorrow, or at some other time, good, drippy, wet, stormy, dark, gloomy Thursday morning to you. And welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049 1019 AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. I do thank you very much for joining us. Jeff Howe is at uh, Steve Sarkeesian's media availability right now at Sark's media availability, but he will be here right around the top of the hour and for hour number two. Coming up on the program, uh, we're going to obviously keep you updated on what's going on in the uh, first round at Masters. I'll tell you right now, Tiger Woods is playing the third hole, the par four, third hole. He has uh, made par on the par four first hole and the par five second hole. So he's even par through two holes playing the par four third. So there's your Tiger update. But we'll give you a scoreboard update, uh, Masters leaderboard update coming up. That's because we have golfer extraordinaire, golf aficionado, golf reporter, and all-around good guy, Cameron Parker, is our producer, and he's keeping a very close watch on the Masters leaderboard, correct? I have the try box open up on my laptop, and then we have ESPN on in the studio, so they're providing a in-course update as well. So Nice. Okay. All right. So so uh, that's good. I, in fact, I'll just go ahead and tell you right now, uh, the early of the early guys teeing off, uh, two-way top of the leaderboard, uh, Adrian uh, Moronk and Victor Hovland. I was just telling a story about Victor Hovland, who, of course, played at Oklahoma State, the women's basketball media relations director, great guy, Ryan Cameron, uh, was at the baseball game when Texas played on Friday in uh, Stillwater, and we were chatting it up. And I said, hey, good weekend for you. He goes, well, I'm only going to be here uh, today. And I said, what's that? He says, I'm going to Augusta. And I said, and he'd been before because as the golf media relations director, he'd worked closely with Ricky Fowler and several other ones. And I said, Oh, all right. I said, who are you going with? He said, uh, Hovland. And, uh, and sure enough, I saw a picture like uh, on Monday, I guess, at uh, Augusta with uh, Victor Hovland and Ryan standing in front of the Butler cabin. And Victor Hovland out of the gates at 200 and tied for the early, early lead. He uh, And this is how he did it. He made eagle at the par five second, then came back with a uh, – at a par on the uh, par four third hole. So he's two under par. Do you know Adrian Moronk? Are you familiar with him? Yeah. So he actually played in the Dell match play two weeks ago. He's okay. top 64 in the world. He's like six foot six, I believe. Big dude, huh? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, he's, I think he actually bogey number one, birdie number three, uh, and then uh, uh, birdie number two, birdie number three. And bogey number five, birdie number six, birdie number seven. So Morocco on the uh, roller coaster here through uh, through eight holes. So he's playing. He went out real early this morning. So he's already uh, playing the par four ninth hole right now. But he's he's tied for the lead for the So anyway, there's uh, we'll keep you updated on the Masters leaderboard. We'll obviously do that and let you know how Tiger's doing and Sergio Garcia right now, who's one under par through seven. So we'll we'll keep you updated on uh, the Masters leaderboard. Also, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Bill Shoning will be on with us. The uh, Spurs are in town. Uh, they're going to play at Moody Center tonight against Portland. They're going to play against Minnesota on Saturday, so they got a couple of ball games there. They uh, also are playing uh, in uh, Dallas uh, to uh, when they get ready to wrap up the regular season in the Mavericks. 
in the thick of the fight again to try to land in the playoffs thanks to that uh, big win they got yeah. uh, over the Kings last night. So the Mavericks still still a shot. So you're telling me there's a chance. You mm-hmm. know, as a Maverick fan, they still got a shot. To yeah, get tie in. with OKC for the last spot in the play. And they're going to need OKC to uh, drop at least one of the next two possibly if Dallas wants to get in. Yeah, uh, and Oklahoma City has Memphis, I believe, and I forgot who the other I one is. I think they have Phoenix left as well, but I'll double-check. Wow, well, that would that would help as well. Uh, all right, so that's, that's where Utah and Memphis. Utah, Utah and, and Memphis. Okay, those are the two remaining games for the Thunder. They're uh, remaining on the rest of the regular season schedule. Um, uh, I'll tell you what we should probably do because we – are going to have Bill Schoening on at the bottom of the hour. Normally, normally, that's uh, where uh, we bring you a Longhorn Notebook. And we will do that in the bottom of the second hour. Uh, and uh, Jeff will take you through uh, the Sark availability on that. But I want to go ahead and do it right now because of what's going on with the weather. So why don't we jump right into the Longhorn Notebook. Longhorn Notebook. Um, and, and and this is this particular notebook, there's, there's two prongs to it. One is basketball. One is baseball. And uh, the one in basketball is a little further peak at the schedule for next year. The way that when schedule releases come in college basketball, the first thing you invariably find out about are the non-conference uh, classic or um, you know tournament type of games because they get their fields together and they do that. And I believe it is fall 2024 that the Longhorns will be headed back to Maui to play the Maui Invitational. Of course, they were you know, supposed to play there uh, in uh, 21, and they moved the Maui Invitational from Maui to Asheville. And you and I know both as, as natives of the state of North Carolina, Asheville's a beautiful city. Yeah. It's a great place. But it's not Maui. Uh, but Texas did win that that event that year. Uh, they beat Davidson, they beat Indiana, and they beat North Carolina to win that event that year uh, when Shaka Smart was the coach. Speaking of Shaka, this was uh, what, what came down yesterday, if you didn't hear about it, the Big 12 Big East battle. Remember Creighton came in here in December, and it was a good ball game. The Longhorns won that contest. And uh, they're not playing Creighton. No, they're playing Marquette, coached by none other than Shaka Smart. And it will be in Milwaukee. They'll play them at Pfizer Forum. So uh, no date set on those. But some of the other interesting, Kansas and UConn mm-hmm. uh, is is one of those. And um, and who did, TCU's playing Georgetown again, I think. I think they're playing them again in, um, in looking at But Texas is uh, going to be playing in the Big 12 Big East battle at Marquette. And it'll be early next season. That, in addition to the Empire Classic that we talked about the other day, and we don't yet know the matchups on that with Texas and UConn and Louisville and Indiana all in the Empire Classic at Madison Square Garden in New York. And that'll be next December. If you had a choice between Maui, New York, or the battle for Atlantis. Maui. Maui? Okay. Maui. Yeah, it's Maui. Now, let me say this. I haven't. I have not had a chance to go to Atlantis because the one time the men played Roger. there and the one time the women played there, Longhorn football both times was playing at Kansas. Mm. The first one was that <clears throat> forgettable 2016 yeah. one there, which was kind of signaling the beginning of the end of, of uh, Charlie Strong's time at Texas when they lost that game in overtime to Kansas. And um, that was uh, during that. And the men were playing – in Atlantis that year, that was uh, Shaka Smart's first season as head coach because they played Washington there right after they played Washington in Shanghai, the first game coached by Shaka when they played Washington in Shanghai. That was the one where then-athletic director Steve Patterson wanted me to go to Shanghai to do the game. So I was going to go, and then he was dismissed, and Mike Perrin, the uh, interim AD, called me and said, do you – really have a burning desire to go to Shanghai? And I said, not really. <laughs> and he said, because I was going to have to miss the football game at West Virginia. Yeah. And he said, would you rather go to Morgantown than go to Shanghai? I said, Mike, they're both foreign countries, so I'm okay with either one. <laughs> and I said, no. And, and I went on and went to Morgantown, but I actually called the basketball game 
Remy style, like we all became familiar with during the pandemic, sat in the football broadcast booth in Morgantown and called uh, the basketball game uh, there against uh, Washington. They played him in Shanghai. That was when Bill Bolton was was doing um, the telecast for ESPN, and everybody figured that he was had become a spokesman for the Shanghai Chamber of Commerce. What a beautiful place this is, so steeped in historic beauty and tradition. This is a watershed moment for college basketball. Everyone has to take advantage of it, including the Conference of Champions. He was, he was, he, he drew some heat, I remember, some criticism from being kind of a mouthpiece for the Chinese government and the Tourist Bureau. That was during a very hot time, too, because the yeah. NBA had their issues with playing Absolutely. Over, overseas. And so the, Texas played uh, Washington there, lost to them there, then played them in uh, uh, in uh, the Bahamas and lost them there. They Washington DeJounte, had DeJounte Murray back then. And the weather w- wasn't great in Lawrence, was it, right? Cold. Yeah. Very cold. So that was one time. And then, of course, the, the second opportunity to go to Atlantis to the Bahamas would have been last fall, last November. The Texas women were there, but again, football at Kansas. So Roger went and did the games, which included losses to Marquette and Louisville, and then a win over Rutgers uh, there. So I haven't. So maybe it's unfair for me to judge and say that. I just know from the times I've been to Maui, Maui's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so so it would. Yeah. And and what'd you say? The third one was New York. Yeah, because yeah, those yeah, are the yeah. three biggest tournaments. And then yeah. you have like the Portland, the PDX ninety one, whatever they call now, it. Yeah, the Nike PK eighty. Now that was PK fun. 80, I yeah. did go and do that. That's when they played Duke in overtime, right? Yeah. That one I didn't get to call that game because uh-huh. of the football game here against Texas Tech. Went up, did the game, the win over Butler, uh, came back on like a five AM flight, did the football game uh against Texas Tech. Ted Emmerich, our good friend who does uh, Westwood One, a lot of ESPN work, was our studio anchor for eight years on the Longhorn Radio Network, uh, was already up there filling in doing Florida's broadcast, and so he was available. So we had him do the Duke broadcast, the Texas Duke game. He did that one. And then I flew back uh, to do the Sunday game when they played Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, yeah, and that was a good uh, – I liked that because I liked getting to work in both the older building – the uh, old Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Portland where the Trailblazers used to play, where they had the 1965 Final Four when Bill Bradley scored 58 points in a third-place game, still technically in the record books as the most points ever scored in a quote-unquote Final Four game, even though it was a consolation game, a third-place game. And and then in the in the Moda Center, and we can ask Bill Shoning about this, uh, because uh, it, it it's you're kind of up in the house a little bit, but that's how it kind of is around the NBA. And uh, it's it's nice uh, there when they played there um, when they played there they played Duke there Saturday and they played uh, Gonzaga there on Sunday on that one so it was good to be able to do a couple of those so that's it that's a good uh, early season event um, I liked doing the games when uh, Texas played uh, in Brooklyn and again this was Shaka's first year they played in Brooklyn at the Barclays at the Barclays Center and and uh, ended up losing both games to like Colorado and Northwestern. I believe it was, and um, it was. Uh, but I liked that arena. I liked it. And it's late, incredible. Yeah, and when Texas played in the NIT and won the NIT in nineteen, uh, they had the off day in between winning the semifinal over TCU and beating Lipscomb in the championship. Uh, uh, Eddie Orn, of course, is a scout mm-hmm, for the yeah. Brooklyn Nets, and Eddie and I and David Garrett, our producer engineer on the road for basketball, went to the Nets had a game. I believe it was against the Wizards. We went to went to a game there and and. Had a good time uh, there at at Barclay, so that that's a nice place uh, as well. All right, so that was the, the basketball is one part of the notebook. Here's the other part, and it does get to a, a question on the. Uh, <laughs> hey, I get you take a look at it uh, there on the specs text line. Our man CB posted the picture that I had posted on Facebook. Um, He's quick. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, that was something I posted there, and you see my broadcast chart for Texas and Washington. Now, you see that television monitor? That's a 15-inch non-HD monitor. And here I was having to call uh, a game that had several fresh faces. Snoop Roach comes to mind, and a couple of those guys had identical haircuts. 
And I'd been to some practices, but it was still, you know, you really had to squint to be able to see it. They made, they did all these great preparations, Learfield did, to make sure that we could call it in real time. They had sound of the effects feed from Shanghai coming in our headsets in real time. I could hear Bruno Mars music before the before the game started. The 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 net mics. It was all in real time. The one thing that was forgotten was an HD monitor. It was a non-HD monitor, and I was really squinting to call that one there. But that was uh, that was the deal there, and um, and and uh, and uh, CB, uh, thanks for uh, posting that when the, that was when they played in Shanghai. Or somebody else that's had been to Atlantis, Maui, New York. Just spent a week in Maui over spring break. You're right, Craig. No contest. <laughs> it's Maui. Now again, I can't really speak about uh, the Bahamas. I've been to with the women to Cancun. Uh, with Texas women's basketball, and also to the Virgin Islands, which was nice, uh, but but not uh, haven't had a chance to go uh, to uh, the Bahamas to to um, Atlantis because of the football thing. So anyway, there's uh, there was the deal. Somebody said, "Hey, Marquette is going to be in Maui this year." Uh, so we'll do that. Uh, somebody said, could we get some Salty Craig this morning? Really enjoyed that yesterday. <laughs> oh, we got Salty on a couple of things that people were about. I was actually in a good mood all day uh, yesterday, and I am again today, even though we don't know what's going to happen with baseball, uh, which is uh, – uh, so anyway, it said, uh, anyone know if the baseball game is still happening today? You know, it's that – I, I do this every year, and I don't mind doing this every year. I think it's important to reiterate this every year, and that is it is a game until it isn't a game. In other words, until you hear that no game is being played, then assume that the game is going to be played. Now, I get it. I understand there are a lot of folks, well, hey, I'm in and out of meetings. I'm at work, so I want to make sure I don't miss out. In case that the game is off, uh, you know, I want to, I want to make, I, I want to make sure that you know that the game uh, is still on. So, uh, as far as we know, right now, now David Pierce was on with Bucky and Aaron this morning. He said they're examining all possibilities, and, and they are. And if you expand your mind and imagination to even consider the possibility of maybe, you know extending it into Easter Sunday, the only way that that can happen is if uh, travel arrangements were made by Kansas State with regard to a charter where you don't put the 72-hour time clock on there. And what that rule is, in the Big 12 Conference, when it comes to baseball, from the time your team lands on the ground in uh, another place, you've got 72 hours. And, And they don't actually put up you know, a clock or a stopwatch and say, right now you've got 66 hours until you have to be out of town. It's not that, but you basically got, you basically have three days. So you can't extend it to another day, uh, even with the charter. But what the charter would allow you to do is move the start date of when you land in town back a day if you needed to do that. And I don't know that that's the case with Kansas State. I only know that discussions have been going on. So I'm not exactly sure where that is right now, but uh, there's also the possibility they think, you know, weather will start clearing out by tomorrow evening. Uh, you could possibly see them playing one game tomorrow, maybe a doubleheader on Saturday or something like that if it had to be done by Saturday night. So these are the kinds of things that they have to uh, examine. These are the kinds of things that they have to look at uh, before they make you know, a definite decision and say, hey, we can't play today. We're going to start tomorrow and try to get through um, to, you know, we're going to try to see if we can find a way to to uh, get through, uh, get it all done by uh, wrapping it up on Saturday. Whatever the situation is, try to wrap it up on that. But uh, it's, you know, it's it. nothing is a definite yet. Obviously, if something happens and we know for sure uh, that uh, that a game is going to be postponed or a later start or or you know whatever the situation might be, we'll let you know, and that's why we always say we suggest obviously keep it tuned here not only during this program, but when Chad and Zay come on, uh, following us, they're going to be right in tune with it, 
with what the university is saying, I will be as well. Uh, certainly going to get off the air as well, and I will let them know. In fact, I'm leaving uh, a little bit early today. Jeff will be here. I'm going to leave a little bit early today in 11 o'clock hour to go over to the ballpark as we work on some technical things. That spoke to the saltiness that somebody talked about there uh, to, to try to make sure that the, some of those remedy uh, problems are remedied as best as possible. So I'll be over at the ballpark. And uh, as soon as we know something, as soon as as soon as it gets definite that we know that a game has either been postponed or just ringed out for the day or whatever, uh, or if it's still going on, we'll let people know. But uh, the best way to just to you know approach it is is simply to. Uh, assume and expect that the game is going to be played in its regular time slot, which is 6.30, uh, that it that it will be in its regular spot until we hear otherwise. Toward that end, um, the uh, Texas State baseball is on the road at South Alabama, and all the stuff that we're getting here is supposed to be slapping into Mobile by, like, tomorrow night late or something like that. So what they're trying to get out in front of it. They're playing a doubleheader today in Mobile, and then they're going to play a single game tomorrow. Uh, Texas State softball is in the same boat with Texas. I mean, they're, they're at home in San Marcos. You've got all this bad weather. Texas softball is up in Des Moines, or up in Ames, Iowa. Uh, flew the, their charter into Des Moines, and then they're at Ames. I don't know that there is a uh, any kind of a weather issue up there. In fact, I can even tell you about looking at it right now. Uh, that, because I, I on my phone, on my grid, uh, on on the weather grid that I have on my phone, I have every Big Twelve conference series uh, on on the uh, grid. And Ames, right now, it says. There is no weather. There you go. <laughs> See, I've been having the same issue with Apple all week. It's a blank. Well, the weather app doesn't, doesn't load. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, now we go. Oh, 36 degrees. Mm. Right. But sunny, and they're supposed to play at 4 o'clock this afternoon. By the time they first pitch, it'll be 51 degrees, and we get to a high of 52, and it's going to be sunny tomorrow and Saturday, and highs in the 60s. So they'll be able to play all weekend for softball up at Iowa State. Here... It's definitely up in the air because of the rain, and uh, we'll keep everybody uh, posted uh, on that. <laughs> on the Specs text line, so he said, "Can Tankers Craigway is best?" Uh, <laughs> I, did, I don't like being cantankerous. It, if if I can, um, here's somebody uh, with a take. It says Terry not getting anything done. You look down the list. Texas is nowhere inside. A lot of the guys are supposed to Texas targets too. Uh, I'm not sure what you're basing it on other than looking down a list of, of certain things. They they uh, are on the list of schools that L.J. Cryer has been contacted about. He's in the transfer portal. They are uh, working. This was the question that we had yesterday from the same fan hammering the same theme about seems like he is way behind. What, what I don't know what you're basing it on other than the rumor mill about what player is considering going one one direction or the other. Uh, they've been in the portal. They've been working. Remember, some of the guys th- who are in the portal now were not in the portal until the last few days because of what's been going on in the NCAA tournament. So keep that in mind as well. You know, before passing judgment, wait and see what they do or, in your estimation, do not do before passing judgment on it. Let's just see what happens. And a lot of guys I just got started, okay? And a lot of guys are waiting to hear back from the NBA and their draft grades too. You gotta do that as well. No I don't think I haven't seen anyone commit yet either out of the portal. Maybe yeah. one or two guys. Yeah. I'm uh, so that's why I'm saying just pump the brakes on it a little bit. Let's let's see. Uh before saying this guy's not getting it done. It, it just started. It just got started on that. This sounds like it's coming from the perspective of a person who was not in favor of the uh, interim tag being removed from Rodney Terry's coaching status on that. I don't want to assume anything. It, it, it reads like that, but I'm not going to assume that. All I will say is give it a chance. It just got started. Just got started on that. Okay, uh, coming up, Bill Shoning is going to join us. We're going to talk about the Spurs. Uh, they're not just now starting. They're nearing the end of – 
a long season. So uh, we'll visit with Bill about these games at Moody Center. So it's it's kind of a refreshing approach. Uh, if you saw the sound bites from uh, Greg Popovich yesterday, Pop was talking about how they plan on doing this regularly every year. Some of the players were having a lot of fun with it as well. So we'll visit with Bill Shoning to talk about that uh, as uh, we continue with Light the Tower. And uh, coming up, uh, we have Inconceivable later this hour. And just past the top of the next hour, uh, Jeff Howe will be back in from the Sark availability, and we'll find out about all that as well. This is Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019. AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the tower. Master's leaderboard update. Just couldn't help myself sometimes. That happens you know, when you're trying to uh, when you're trying to give the uh, master's leaderboard update. And you have that music. You can't help but just sometimes just go, "Hello, friends." Uh, the leader in the Masters right now at three under par is. Cameron Young. Was yep. that your pick? He's one of them. He's one of your picks. He okay. came out firing. Yeah. Birdie, birdie, birdie. Not so, bad. So, uh, yeah, Cameron Young is your leader right now at three under par. Sergio Garcia is at two, two under par. The aforementioned Adrian uh, Moronk is also minus two. Victor Hovland, two under. Xander Shoffley, two under. Uh... So there's there's Adam Scott is is minus two and uh, uh, also Justin Thomas two under par so already some name brand names starting to get on the board Tiger Woods still at even par right now all right uh, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline a man who loves a good round of golf a man who knows how to spoil a good round of golf no he actually <laughs> really enjoys it a lot I played a lot of golf with this guy none other than the voice of the San Antonio Spurs. My broadcast partner for several years, and we did a talk show together for years. Uh, I've lost count of how many years, but it was years, and it's uh, Bill Shoney. I, I think it was four years we actually did the show together, right? 97 yeah, yeah, and 01? Came, yeah, 97 to 01. That's about right. That's about the right time frame. And uh, on the broadcast together, what, uh, close to 12 years, I guess. Yeah, let's see. Uh, between... Well, no, I guess uh, because I worked with uh, Jerry Trupiano and Brad Sham the first couple of years, first three years. So then you came in for football in 92. Very so good. we worked nine years together. We, nine we, years we together. did 10 football and nine basketball seasons together because you we went through wow. 01 football. So it was 10 football, mm-hmm. nine basketball. And then I was, I was a good old studio anchor there from 88 to 91, even predating your time on the network when it was our good friend Tom Dore. Who is on there? Wow! Yeah, yes. That goes. That goes. Oh, Tom may very well be listening today. He, he could be. You know, this is kind of a strange out of body experience for me, Craig, because we're in Austin. The Spurs are playing uh, the Trailblazers tonight at the Moody Center, and the Minnesota Timberwolves on Saturday. And we flew in from Phoenix yesterday. And I'm used to flying with the team for the last 22 years, but flying into Austin was just a weird deal, you know? <laughs> I wondered and, about and that. I, I did it with Kicker Will, our director of broadcasting. I said, I think the last time I came in this way, I was with Gabe Manecki and Chris Mim. <laughs> and so it goes back a little ways there. Okay, so you've, you've answered one question here, and uh, I think because, because this basically is a road trip experience, even though the Spurs will be – uh, obviously, the de- the designated home team. So where where'd you sleep last night? I mean, you weren't. It wasn't like home home, like Wells Branch home, was it? No, no. I'm at the team hotel. This is like a regular road trip for me. Now, uh, you know, the family members came down. We had dinner last night at the Iron Cactus on Sixth Street, so that was fun. And I walked go. around a little bit down here. But but it was just weird to come to Austin since I still live here uh, and have uh, since 1989. Uh, so I never left, even though I've been with the Spurs now for 22 years. So I still live here. So coming in, it's just really weird to be uh, downtown with my bag, walking around as a kind of a visitor. Uh, man, there's a lot of conferences and conventions going on. 
everywhere you go. And that's one of the reasons why I think that the Spurs really want to kind of latch on to what's going on here because uh, this obviously is such a, a growing place, such a vibrant place, such a lot, a lot of new young people coming in that uh, I think uh, obviously – when you try to expand your brand like the Spurs are trying to do, uh, Austin would be a natural place to try to attract a few more fans. And, and they're going to play games here. Uh, Pop even said it yesterday. This is not a one-time deal. We're going to come up here and play a lot. Well, and I, and I think you'll like – have you been to a concert at Moody Center? Did you go see yes, Springsteen? I, I got this. Our, our, our mutual friend, uh, Cindy French, yeah. uh, got me uh, an amazing pair of tickets to see Springsteen. I wasn't even going to go to the show. And, you know, I'm a huge uh, fan of the boss. Uh, but I did go, and it was uh, an unbelievable experience. So it's the only time I've been in the building, so I've not been in for basketball, though I'm looking forward to tonight. You know, uh, that's right. You were on with me uh, before the Springsteen show, and I asked you how many times did this uh, make it, and you said counting the Stone Pony in Asbury Park, it might be uh, time number 745 to see, uh, to see Bruce, right? Something like that. It was actually just 16 in a real concert setting. Now, there have been times where I've seen him literally jump up on stage with Southside Johnny the Asbury Jukes and do an entire set. So uh, I remember I paid three fifty in 1975, I believe it was, or six, uh, to go see this Southside Johnny the Asbury Jukes, never dreaming that Bruce would be up there singing an entire set. So and, that that was, was like and that was $3.50, not $350. Exactly, $3.50. For yeah. those of us who stayed, yes, yes, go ahead. I started to say, for those of us who spent multi hundreds of dollars on tickets for a Billy Joel Stevie Nicks concert at Jerry World this Saturday, that now will not be happening uh, due to oh. Stevie's band still dealing with COVID issues. Uh, mm-hmm. It can be a little bit uh, depressing. But yeah, $3.50, you saw it. $3.50 back in the day. Yeah, and we stayed in some small house. This little Italian lady let us have the back room, me and my buddy Kurt, for $7. <laughs> this, again, mid-70s. And uh, we just went down and hung out at the Stone Pony. It had to be uh, 18 to get in to drink. Uh, and we were both, I think, 16 or 17. We weren't quite 18 yet, but uh, we both had that inner-city swag. He had a leather jacket. I had my bushy mustache, even at that age. So uh, we, we kind of walked in and like be on the place. Boom, there's Bruce and, and the Jukes. And it's, it's so much a lot of fun, uh, so much fun uh, to be, uh, you know, hanging out with those guys back then. But, but no, uh, back to Austin. This is fun. So I'm really looking forward to the game tonight. We got a lot of young guys, obviously. Uh, but um, I think that's going to be uh, fun for the fans to see a little bit of NBA action, uh, especially uh, on the heels of what you guys did uh, making uh, close to the Final Four this year. Um, you, uh, it, I mean, you really had a Starsky look going back then in the 70s right with the because you, you kind of had that perm thing really good your hair was just really no, no, no i never i never had a perm never had a perm craig never had a perm it was naturally but, but curly. I had the hair going i i had yeah i, I just had the hair was going i had the flow going and uh it, it was shoulder length until baseball season started and then uh ed briett uh god rest his soul our baseball coach said hey shoning do you want to play first base or do you want to play lead guitar so I think I think I'm better first baseman. So uh, get get the get the hair uh, taken care of, and you can play first base for me. So Year, <laughs> year, years later, you picked up the guitar and you put down the bat. That's exactly right. Yeah, but and I cut the hair too. So I don't know how that worked out, but uh, yeah, that was fun. If, if for anybody that follows, uh, that's friends with Bill on uh, Facebook, uh, you, you will see that Bill routinely. And I haven't checked today, but I'm sure you've done it or will do it uh, when you do the Throwback Thursday stuff. A lot of it is you back in the day when you were playing first base in high school or uh, early, early, early days of radio. I did notice, and I asked you about this years ago, that your your lovely and long-suffering wife, Jerry, was conspicuously absent from like 99% of these photographs, and you said that was her choice. She does not want That's to be correct. seen in a lot of these pictures. <laughs> no, she doesn't want to be seen with me at all, no. Uh, she prefers a very laid-back. In fact, uh, last night we were at dinner, had a nice photo taken uh, of the four of us, my two sons and, and my wife, and she goes, do not post this i mean it was like as soon as the picture was taken I, the picture looks nice do not post it. so uh you know the, there are people who think i'm single because my wife's never in any of my pictures but she's the one taking the pictures most of the time so yeah uh, but she, she's there she just doesn't want uh much of a presence on social media okay all right uh so you had dinner at iron cactus good choice i'm guessing 
Uh, you didn't see Pop there. And the reason why I bring this up is Pop said, made a point in that presser yesterday to say that he said, selfishly speaking, he said, I'll be, uh, there's a lot of great restaurants uh, here. And over the course of the next few days, I will be out every night. He said in there, so, so I'm, 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 you know, maybe, maybe we should, maybe we should do this uh, thing on, uh, uh, on our text line at three three seven three seven seven six. Where did Pop eat last night? Where will he eat after the game tonight? Where will he eat tomorrow night? And we may get answers like, does Pop like sushi? By the way, I know he's got a very fine palate, and I know he's got, he's really into high levels of wine. Does it? Does does he like sushi? I'm not sure if he's a sushi guy. Now, these guys go to dinner, and their dinners are legendary. The coaches and players, uh, where they end up, who knows. But uh, I don't know that sushi is one uh, that uh, you see a lot. I know he's really big into the uh, steakhouses, and especially with Italian. He's okay. really into the Italian thing. And, of course, we had a longtime assistant named P.J. Carlissimo, who you know very well. <laughs> yeah. And P- PJ's, P.J.'s probably, and our, our mutual friend John Madani will back me up on this, uh, perhaps the – foremost expert in terms of Italian restaurants in the United States of America. And I am not kidding. He knows everybody. He knows the manager. He knows the owner. Uh, and if you go into just about any restaurant, really nice restaurant, Italian restaurant, somewhere in the States and say, hey, PJ Carlissimo sent you, you've got a glass of wine coming. you got some bruschetta coming. Uh, you got a good spot. Uh, PJ knows everybody. Yeah, I, I was convinced of this when working with him for Westwood One, uh, doing first and second round action in Tulsa a few years ago. He knew of an outstanding Italian restaurant in Tulsa. And so when we went to that, he, and, and they knew who he was, uh, to, to your point of there. So obviously, okay, the reason why I brought up sushi is because obviously Uchi is like one of the finest uh, sushi restaurants, I'm, I'm told, in the world. And, and it's incredibly difficult to, to get in there. But if anybody could do it, certainly Pop could do it. Uh, there's that. I'm thinking if he's thinking Italian, probably Red Ash. And again, red ash, I, I bet. Yep, yeah, I bet red ash is on the list. Yeah, I'm guessing An, another difficult yeah. place uh, to gain entrance to without knowing somebody or whatever. So there's that, and then there's he's got all manner of choices for steak places. There's no, there's no doubt. Oh, about sure, that. Eddie V's is right there on Fifth yeah. Street. So yeah, he's he's got he's got a ton of spots. So that's one of the great things about this city, and he's right, uh, is the number of places for dining. I've given some musical tips to some of the guys. Oh yeah, um, you know. So yeah, you know, go go down to uh, Antone's or. Uh, Continental Club or the Sax, there's always something different going on. Uh, there was a young lady playing at Antone's last night. I didn't get over there, but uh, I'll probably – I mean, I live here, so it's it's nothing for me to go hang out at the Sax and pub all the time, you know, wearing my South Austin shirt. So yeah. um, I, I can't wait to get back and doing that a little bit more regular basis once the season's over. Or as our old friend, the late Sammy Allred, used to call it, the Anglo-Saxon, Anglo-Saxon pub. pub. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> uh, uh, Bill Schoening with us during this point, and, and uh, we were – uh, we'll get to talking about the basketball in a moment, but um, nah. you, you and I used to do the live music update, and and Aaron yes, Hogan kind of took it, and and uh, certainly uh, for years having Tom Gimble, uh, you know, uh, who's now moved on to New York, you know, do do a a, a legitimate live music update. Ours, we would name the bands. What 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 do we used to do? Just take take the uh, Austin Chronicle and then just highlight yeah. the most unusual band names. Was how we kind of right, did. and there there was a. I'm not sure if the club is still open. Emos uh, down on Red River. Is Good old Emos. Uh, um, Emos Alternative Lounging, according according to Cam Parker, producer, is still there. Yeah. Alternative Lounging. Okay. Well, they always had some great bands, and uh, there's a place called Hole in the Wall on Guadalupe on the mm-hmm. Drag. I'm sure that's still there. Yeah. Uh, I remember interviewing Bob Feller at the Hole in the Wall, which is I don't wow. know why, but we did. Yeah, yeah. It was it was strange. He was doing like a book tour, and that's where they booked him for this deal. So I remember interviewing him there, which is kind of strange, and not in Van Meter, Iowa, but actually uh, on uh, the Drag in Austin. So there's all kinds of cool musical venues. Some are still around, some aren't. Uh, you know, the the late great Liberty Lounge in Arizona. I miss those places, but uh, it, it's it's the, one of the reasons I still love living here, Craig, is that I can still go out and listen uh, to good music. Uh, there's a place called Don's Depot on Fifth Street. Uh, my good buddy uh, Chip Dolan plays there on Tuesday night with a band called Grouchy Like Riley. Um, you know, my buddy Bruce Spellman is still the lead singer of a band called Extreme Heat, the best funk band uh, to ever play in, in the city, in my opinion. They've been together since 1977. So there's still good music everywhere you go. You just got to know where to go. Okay, so but but you used to also like, I remember, Hovita's Cantina, just so you could say Hovita on, on the air. I remember that. Uh, you used to, <laughs> right. but, but we would.
would we would in the day we would pick out band names like uh, what was it? They'll know us by the Trail of Dead, and then they just right. and, th- and then they just uh, uh, shorten the name shorten to Trail it. of Dead. They, they, right. they, just yeah. like I love you, but I've chosen darkness. I think they just uh, shortened the name to I've chosen darkness. Right, and and then there was knife in the water. We remember that. Yeah, big ass truck. Big ass truck. And yeah. and, and and I remember big ass big ass truck had a couple of gigs one weekend, and they had like a, a gig Friday night and a gig Saturday night. So it was a big ass weekend for it, big ass truck. I remember we we used to talk about that. And remember we used to say this too. And then there's karaoke out at La Palapa with. Big Jim. <laughs> Big Jim. We used to say that Big, all the Big time. Big Jim actually called one time. He was loving the fact that we were giving him some pub. He did do that. You know, it so. did do that. Um, uh, and by the way, somebody uh, pointed out, and I, and I feel compelled to say this only because it's the first time I've ever seen anybody have this take on Uchi. Somebody said, uh, ATX Jags fan says, Uchi is one, easy to get into, and two, highly, highly overrated. That You're the first ah. person, sir, who I've ever heard say that. First person ever. I've I've always heard that it's really good and really difficult to get into. But that's that's worth wow. uh, worth checking into. Okay, uh, to the basketball. Uh, first of all, have they told you where you're broadcasting from? Have they given you your spot? I think on the Craig Way Memorial spot. Well, uh, I hope so. I, I hope so. Yeah, Memorial sounds a little uh, un, 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 unnerving. <laughs> uh, the, the, I say I hope so, and the reason why the local sportscast last night, uh, you know, Roger Wallace and KXAN and Bob Blue at KI and and uh, Jeff Jones at, at KVU all had the uh, time lapse, real quick thing showing the the turnover to getting it ready, and it looked like they had only loaded seats on the side where the TV table normally is in the in the broadcaster. Hopefully. I was looking at it backwards, and it'll be the other way around, and you'll have a good spot to do it. So, because, wow. and you've pointed this out, um, the NBA is not a place for the faint of heart when it comes to your broadcast location, right? Because uh, a lot of the broadcast locations are no longer on the floor. You had a Facebook post with the great, the great Hall of Famer Al McCoy, uh, the voice of the Phoenix Suns, who's wrapping up what his fifty-first season. Uh, this year, first season, he, ter- he turns 90 later this month. So uh, they're going to make the playoffs. So he's still going to be going strong, hopefully, uh, if the Suns make any kind of a run. And uh, he'll be going at the age of 90. Bill, what do you think the odds are that either you or I will even be standing upright at the age of 90, let alone broadcasting games? Well, if you are around, you will be broadcasting. If I am around, I will not be. So okay. that, there's okay. a difference. That's fair. That's <laughs> but, fair. But uh, I, I hope we both go as long as we can, Craig. But, uh, you know, you, you've got a little bit of uh, an engine that runs a little bit more than mine. I, I like to kind of chill. I'm enjoying the fact that I'm in the NBA and have a good, you know, break now uh so i'll be doing some other stuff but uh, i can't wait to get back to do it i'm looking forward to these final three games but then then the break comes now i've done some college baseball and i, I do some things to stay busy during the off season. but uh you you have the record in terms of uh you know the number of games and uh the the, the number of hours that you've spent on the road uh you you work harder than i craig <laughs> uh well <laughs> well one of the nice things that that's happened with you in in the now you know 22 years going 20 uh 22 into 23 years of doing the spurs and it's so easy for me to remember bill's time because bill's time started as the play-by-play voice of the spurs when my time started as the play-by-play voice of the longhorns because my time didn't start until bill left and we, as we always say neither of us had a ring until he left and now exactly both right. of us got rings. your first baseball season your first baseball season they win at omaha and i was so happy for the horns i really was but there was an empty spot there, you know, because you do baseball. I did baseball for twelve years, and then, oh man, you know, well, why did they? Why did they wait until Craig took over until they got a ring? But the, it, it, it was uh, it, it, it was it, much it, better though. The next year, the Spurs won, so yeah. uh, I didn't have that bitterness anymore. <laughs> As I remember the conversation going, I'm at dinner in Omaha after the championship game is over. My phone rings, and I'm at dinner with some people, and I said, "This ought to be interesting." When I saw it was coming, and I was like, "Hello." And the first words out of Bill's mouth was, let me see if I got this straight. I do these SOBs, and you didn't say, you did not use the abbreviated term, for 12 years, and the best I get is the semifinals, and you get a national title, your first shot out of the box. And I said, I guess we know where the problem was. But, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. as, as, as we said, it was, you know, until, until you, you left, neither of us had rings, and now you've got multiple rings. And yeah, it's, it's worked out well. Okay. 
to okay. the basketball. Now, uh, we know what the Spurs have been going through this year, and 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 really, for that matter, the team uh, they're playing tonight, the Trailblazers. Um, and, and so th- th- this has been a year. I know folks like to use the word tank and stuff like that and all that sort of stuff, and there is a lottery coming up and all that sort of thing. But what has it been like uh, for Pop in terms of looking at the young guys that he does – think and feel have a legitimate future with this with this ball club you know he said in the very beginning of the season at uh, media day before training started look don't go to vegas and bet on these guys because this is all about development that's exactly what it's been and so from that standpoint even though they've only won 20 games it has been a successful season because they've had guys that really started out at uh, you know young rookies malachi Branham's an example i'll give you uh he's, he hasn't turned 20 yet he turns 20 in may and slowly but surely, he started figuring it out. The game slowed down for him. And now, you know, he's averaging a double figures. He's shooting a better percentage. And you can just see this is going to be a really, really good player. Jeremy Sohan, who you saw play at uh, Baylor. Uh, he's a young athlete. He can really run the floor. Does a lot of good things. He's had some knee issues this year that's really kind of slowed him down a little bit. But uh, you can see that he's got a bright future. He's only 19. So you see some of these young guys taking big steps forward. And now you're going to have uh, a lottery pick. And they should have a very, very good player coming out of the draft, no matter who it is, uh, to add to this uh, young nucleus already. Plus, they have a ton of salary cap space. And they've got a bunch of draft picks, Craig. So the future is very bright for the Spurs. It just might take a little while to get there because they've got so many young guys they're building around. But but, uh, you know, in a few years, uh, they're going to be stockpiling a lot of talent. Yeah, uh, no doubt about that. Okay, so uh, the Spurs have uh, the game uh, tonight there and then Saturday against Minnesota, correct? And, correct, and, yes. and And then finishing up in Dallas at a, at a desperate-to-make-the-playoffs Mavericks team that got a big win over wow. Sacramento last night. Yep, yep, and we'll see uh, your good buddy Chuck Cooperstein up there in Dallas. I know that he's really pulling for the team to make the playoffs, but – uh, yeah, man, that's the season finale, you know. And uh, then you'll probably find me out of the uh, Anglo-Saxon pub listening to some tunes after that. You know, one of the great things uh, that, that I thought happened uh, that was unleashed upon the world was right at the, the, I think the first or second year after you took over the play-by-play for the Spurs, you went to a dude ranch uh, over the summer, like in Montana or someplace, and seeing you on a horse and in a cowboy hat <laughs> was a sight I'll never forget. And, and I thought, hey, here's a guy from the west side of Philadelphia who grew up in a row house, who never exactly owned a right. do- never owned a dog, still doesn't own a dog to this day. And there he is on top of an equine. Not that you haven't placed a bet or two on a horse, and we know that, but but on top of a horse wearing a cowboy hat. I thought it was priceless. I, I, I'm not... Well, I appreciate that, Craig. But you know, it's funny because that really started my love for national parks when I started going yeah. to Montana. Uh, we, and so now, uh, Jerry and I have now been to 28 national parks, and we got three more this summer, Smoky Mountain this summer, and I spent some time up in Gatlinburg. Uh, but, I, you know, I just love nature, and even though I did grow up in the inner city, I think that might be part of the reason why I do like to go out to the parks and, and hike and experience nature and see animals and all that and just really experience the beauty of this country. And uh, I've been able to do that through the national parks. I think it's, a, you know, one of the great things that's ever happened in this country is the fact that you can go out there uh, to a place like Yosemite or Yellowstone or Glacier or wherever and, uh, and really uh, take this beauty in. I think that's really cool. And, and by the way, don't let Gatlinburg completely uh, mess up your frame of reference on the Smokies. The Smokies are beautiful. Gatlinburg tourist trap notwithstanding. So just understand. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's we're, we're just going to base ourselves there and then go, okay. you know, explore the park. So you got to got to stay somewhere. Right? Yep. 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 Absolutely. Hey, uh, I appreciate that. Have have fun, uh, you know, and who knows, maybe if I wind up getting uh, rained out or something uh, against Kansas Come State, this thing, I might sneak in over there or something like that. Come uh, on in. <laughs> hey, it's, your, it's your place. We're just visiting. Great building. <laughs> hey, I appreciate the conversation. Thanks, man. And have a good one tonight. All right, Craig, anytime. All right, it's Bill Schoening, uh, good friend, longtime uh, voice of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, and like I said, we did 10 football and nine basketball season together. Had a lot of fun. Uh, and we knew each other before that when he was the voice of the Sam Houston State Bearcats and I was doing North Texas back in the Southland Conference days in the 80s. That's where we got to know one another. All right, uh, we need a break. I know we're running behind on a couple of things, but we're, what we're going to do is take a break. We'll come back. We will do Inconceivable. Jeff Howe will be uh, coming up, uh, coming off the Sark availability. We'll find out about all that and more when we continue to light the tower on the horn. 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the horn app at hornfm.com. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. 
Inconceivable! Inconceivable! You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, as we get to the weekend, obviously it uh, can mean several different things. And we do have a variety of topics to get to with Inconceivable here on this Thursday, even though we are going into a holiday weekend. So without further ado, we jump right into the topics. Uh, I want to start with some golf, actually, Uh, because I know the, the interest that you have in this. Um, have you seen the interview? Now, for folks who don't know Cameron, uh, the, the this whole kerfuffle about the Live Tour and Live Golfers and the PGA Tours, I mean, it's a real deal. There's a lot of animosity, although we were told everybody was on their best behavior at the Champions yeah. Dinner on Tuesday night. Um, what do you think is the number one thing that just chaps guys like Rory McIlroy and Tiger and, and and the other guys who are very, very loyal to the PGA Tour about the guys who've left the PGA Tour for the Live Tour. What what bothers them as much as anything? Yeah, well, if you're Rory or JT, it's being uh, being sued by Patrick Reed's probably up there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably up there as well. Um, one thing I've heard is that the PGA Tour guys are most bothered or in a large way bothered by what they feel is a dishonest approach by the live golfers about why they left that that it's about things like growing the game or yep. maybe they didn't like the way the PGA tour treated them mm-hmm. uh so several have done it now one of the guys who has left for the live tour is Harold Varner the 3rd mm-hmm Stony North Carolina. Uh, and Harold has a very refreshing approach. Now, this is a live golfer who says he wishes that the uh, guys who have left for live golf would be honest about it because he told the Washington Post this week, there's one reason and one reason only, money. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. He said they're full of bleep. They're growing their pockets. They're not growing the game. They're growing their pockets. I tell them all the time, all of them, you didn't come here to effing grow the effing game. (laughs) That's what he said. He said, I play golf so I can change the direction of my family's life. And that's it. No other reason. At least he's being honest about it, right? I respect that. I understand it. He goes, these bleepers aren't mad. They're just mad. Uh, he's, he's talking about the PGA Tour golfers. They're just mad that that you're bleeping with their money. I think some people are jealous, and that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. But we're all in it for the money. Is So there's some refreshing honesty involved there. Yeah, he's been like that. Even Dustin Johnson, Cameron Smith, just saying like, hey, now I can retire and I can you know pay for my kids to go through college and not have to worry about working again. The other guys, you know, like the Lee Westwoods and Ian Poulters who are out there with the, you know, we're just trying to make a make the game better and put it in a better place. Okay. Eh, I don't think so. All right. I'm so glad that uh, fresh from the Sark availability. Sorry. It's a player's not Sark today. Oh, a player's availability. Sorry. Is uh, is none other than my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County, a proud graduate of Florence High School. You know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. That'd be Jeff Howe. I'm so glad you're here right now because the, these next two stories I thought about you. With regard to inconceivable. Okay. One of them is a collectible thing. Well, not really. I mean, it's kind of in that. Have you heard this deal about Chad Ochocinco's money? No, but he's very frugal. I know that. You are spot on, my friend. Yeah. This is how frugal the dude is. Chad Johnson, a.k.a. Chad Ochocinco, uh, has said that he has saved 83% of the salary that he made in the National Football League, 83% over 11 years. Say he made close to $49 million, and he said he, he thinks he has saved 83%. So how, how did he do it? I've never heard the exact dollar amount, but I've heard the ways he's he's been frugal over the years. Here's how he's done it for the ho- folks who haven't. Uh, he says he wore fake jewelry that's from the, Claire's. That's the big one, yeah. Okay. He leased any exotic car that he drove, so he didn't buy and own any of those. 
He flew on budget airlines to save money. You imagine he's, him hopping on Allegiant? He's been known, Spirit. He's been known to do that. Yeah. Uh, and then here's the topper. All the time that he was with the Bengals, he did not buy a house. Didn't rent one either. He pulled the Baker Mayfield. He lived in the stadium. <laughs> so if you think that was just a progressive thing, no, no. Chad Ochocinco lived inside of Paul Brown Stadium. One of the most frugal uh, people in the sports slash sports entertainment world. Uh, I've heard this the same things I've heard about Chad Johnson. Yeah, I've heard about the late Owen Hart in terms of how frugal he is. Some people might say cheap that you know he could squeeze a nickel till a buffalo farts. Yes, yeah. or worse. Where in the stadium <laughs> yeah. would he sleep? I don't know. I, and maybe that's where Progressive got the idea. I heard about well, you know, Chad Chad Ochocinco sleeps in the training room. I guess. You remember Joe Dirt slept in the boiler room at that radio station where yeah. he cleaned the toilets. Maybe something like that. He set him up. Hey, your 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 favorite guy, Rudy. You set know? him up a cot in the boiler room. Yeah, your favorite guy, Rudy. Yeah. Right, sleeping there in the stadium at South Bend. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of deal. Fortune left him a key and a blanket yeah. on the cot. Yeah, there you go. Maybe it was that sort of deal. But he saved eighty three percent of his. So he says anyway. Saved eighty three. No, he's uh, like I said, he's he's pretty dang frugal. Like, and he he doesn't go out to eat at like extravagant restaurants. Like he's yeah, he's a chain guy. Like he's a big IHOP, Burger King, yeah. McDonald's guy when he yeah. goes out to eat. 83% of his cash. So uh, maybe a lesson for all of us, right? Um, here's a lesson. If you're going to have the Jonas Brothers appear at your Major League Baseball game, might not want to have them do play-by-play. Oh, no. Yeah, that happened. Uh, when the Yankees played the Phillies on Tuesday, uh, Nick, Joe, and Kevin Jonas were special guests for the Yankees matchup. They hopped on to both the fan radio network uh, broadcast booth and the Yes Network TV booth. John Sterling still doing Yankees play-by-play? Cut down schedule, but yes. Okay. Um, okay, so when they got invited into the Yes Network booth, Michael Kay, longtime voice of the Yankees, the one who goes, see ya, when the ball leaves out on the home runs, he allowed Nick to do some play-by-play. And Nick, they said, not bad for first-timer. Even got to call a base hit. Uh, as well. He's been on TV. He does the voice, and he's yeah. familiar with how the whole yeah, he mechanics knows. work. So yeah. he called a base hit by Anthony Volpe and, and all that kind of stuff. But it was the other guys that might want to brush up on the terminology. So somebody's talking about, hey, you guys going to do a concert in Yankee Stadium, right? One of them said, yeah, the stage is going to be where? Right over there. Where? I, what, that, yeah, right over there by the ball pit. <laughs> he meant the bullpen. Oh, Set up by the ball pit down there. Said the other brothers were flabbergasted and let him know it's actually called a bullpen. Uh, so they said they actually went along with the mistake. Said, you guys didn't get that note? No, we're going to fill up the ball pit like a McDonald's ball pit. <laughs> is, that like, is that like the time Cameron's boyhood hero, Jeff Gordon, did take me out to the ball game for the oh, Cubs? Oh, that was called brutal. It, called it Wrigley Stadium. Wrigley Stadium, and then he was terrible at singing it <laughs> as well. David Cohn was working the telecast. He goes, I like that even better. It's in the ball pit uh, at McDonald's. So the Yes Network had some fun with it. Pitcher warming up later in the game. They had a graphic. A graphic. So it's a ball warming pit. up in the ball pit. So... Uh, and they weren't good luck either. Yankees lost four to one, so yeah. So there's uh, uh, that was not not too good there with the. Uh, yeah, my heart just bleeds for all Yankees fans. <laughs> I thought that would uh, bother you a little bit. Um, okay, we got uh, one other story. Uh, I know uh, it's not Friday. I was looking for a Florida man story, but maybe because it's Thursday, you couldn't find one. However, next best thing or one Florida of the woman? Uh, no. We got Australia man. Okay. Because I know you like that. Yeah. As well. All right, we got to go to our Australia Bureau Chief, Craig Way. Well, here it is from uh, Queensland down in the town of Morayfield. A 26-year-old man is charged with allegedly removing a platypus from its natural habitat. That's what she said, right? Yeah, I know where you're going to say that. Police allege that the man, accompanied by a woman, took one of those duck-billed platypuses took the platypus from a local waterway on Tuesday. Then they take the platypus onto a train and travel That's random. to the nearby town of Caboolture, where they entered a shopping mall, and they started <laughs> showing the animal off to shoppers in the mall. Hey, you know, mate, 
Come over here and check out me platypus. This, no this, thanks. That sounds like a private thing between you and the missus. This is the equivalent of like if we somebody grabbed a beaver out of the river and just started taking it around. Yeah, that kind of deal. The man, uh, then they found out about it. A man was charged one count of taking a protected animal and a restriction on keeping or using a protected animal. Such charges can carry a maximum penalty of almost $300,000. Watch where you're taking your platypus, okay? Our, what's left of our number two coming up on Light to Tower.